Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I am your host, Kane Pittman, here wrapping up the week as the Bucks currently sit 11 and 6 on the season. A couple of fun wins this week over Atlanta and Toronto. A doubleheader over the weekend that we're going to get to in just a little bit. Of course, uh, today, if you did catch it on Twitter, is going to be likes and dislikes. Uh, the listener involvement show, uh, we're going to get you guys. Uh, to tell me what you want to hear on this show, some of the things you're liking from the team so far, and also uh, some of the things perhaps you're not liking as much as well, which of course uh, is sometimes some of the more interesting conversations to have. Uh, before I get to that, I just a little scheduling note, a, a programming note, I guess. Some of you may have seen on Twitter that the next few weeks for me uh, are going to be a little bit busy. I picked up uh, some work, uh, picked up a job over here in Australia working at the tennis at the Australian Open, which you may have seen. Giannis, I was asking him some some questions, some Nick Kyrgios stuff. He was telling us about his uh, tennis history as a player. Apparently, uh, Giannis says not such a good tennis player. But anyway, the point being uh, that I'm going to be at the Australian Open for the next three weeks starting tomorrow. So uh, things are going to change a little bit in regards to uh, my Bucks coverage, certainly on game day as well, as I'll be uh, at Melbourne Park here at the tennis and unable to watch a lot of these games live. So as far as the show goes, uh, just to let you guys know, we're going to keep rolling Monday to Friday. Uh, we're going to have Locked On Bucks daily, so do not worry about that. Uh, just sometimes maybe I won't be on the show. Uh, there's some of these post-game podcasts. It might be just Frank. Uh, maybe Justin will be here for a couple of shows. Mitchell as well. The pods are going to keep on rolling. Uh, but perhaps sometimes from time to time, I won't be there uh, just to uh, give you guys a bit of a heads up. And maybe you'll appreciate uh, having a day or two off from uh, listening to me ramble on here. And uh, also, uh, one other thing, just given the nature of the job and the work and everything, uh, perhaps the timing uh, of the podcast will be a little bit different as well. But uh, have no fear. The podcasts are going to uh, continue on there. And uh, honestly, for me, it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, just to let you guys know, for anyone that's followed me on my sort of journey, media path, uh, whatever you want to call it over the last few years, this job actually with the Australian Open was the first time uh, since I moved into media and quit my job and came over here that uh, not only the first job that I've applied for that I've got, but the first job out of maybe, I don't know, 300 that I've applied for, the first job I have ever, have ever even heard back from. So uh, for that, for me, it was a pretty cool thing. So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, listen, as we discussed uh, earlier this week on the 1,000th episode of Locked On Bucks, uh, I have recorded over 350 episodes of this show uh, since the middle of October 2019. So in just over 12 months, 350 episodes. Uh, so maybe if I miss a day or two, I, I think it's going to be fine. Maybe I can rest my voice a little bit and everyone uh, will appreciate that. But anyway, uh, I don't say this probably enough, 
But thank you to everyone that has, like we said, supported us over the last year, certainly since I've taken over and continued to listen to the show. Uh, I don't really call it out that often, but if you aren't already subscribed to the show, uh, you should certainly do that. Feel free to leave a kind review, uh, whatever, whatever you feel like doing. But that really helps us in terms of the rankings, ratings, all those types of things. So uh, that would be really cool. On to today's show. A bunch of interesting topics to hit here, again, as suggested by you guys. Before I dive into it, and we're going to talk Tory Craig, we're going to talk Giannis, we're going to talk Dante DiVincenzo, who's been struggling a little bit. But before we do, I want to hit uh, a little uh, query or question I got from GP on Twitter this morning. He said, well, Toronto hits uh, 20 plus threes and the Bucks still won the game. That seems like that would be kind of a surprising number or a surprising figure and certainly not something that we've got used to, uh, the Bucks winning those games. So I looked up the stats. I went to the stats book, the history books to check this out. Uh, it's kind of crazy and it gives you a sense for how the NBA game has changed uh, overall when you really look at this. But the Bucks, have, uh, the Bucks opponents, whether it's regular season or postseason, have knocked down 20 plus threes 15 times against the Bucks. Uh, all but one of those has happened since Bud took over, and I know what you're saying. It's the defense, the Bucks defense, and part of that is true. There's no doubt about that, but it also just goes to show you with the volume uh, that these teams are shooting now and also the accuracy, the, the amount of red-hot shooters we have around the league is certainly contributing, and I wonder where these numbers are going to end up. But the Bucks in those games, five wins, 10 losses. So they've won five times. The 33% of the time they win uh, when the opposition shoots 20 plus threes, which quite honestly is a little bit surprising. I feel like that number should be a little bit lower than that. At uh, the last time the Bucks won when their opponent shot 20 plus threes uh, before the game against Toronto yesterday, of course, was actually in the bubble in that crazy game against Miami where the Heat shot the shit out of the ball, particularly in the first half. Overall, the Heat finished 21 for 46 from three. But this was the game where the Bucks went in at halftime trailing uh, 73 to 56. They were down 17 points at halftime and then outscored Miami 74 to 43 in the second half. Giannis went absolutely nuts in this game, had 33 points, 12 rebounds on 13 for 17 from the floor and 7 for 9 from the free throw line. Uh, pretty efficient shooting. We would take that from Giannis any day. But that was the last time it happened, back in August. So actually, uh, not too long ago there. So really appreciate that uh, query there uh, from GP. And shout out to Basketball Reference for helping me out with this one. Now, Tory Craig, everyone's favorite role player right now. The Bucks fans are loving this guy. I'm loving this guy. I'm loving seeing him in the rotation. Uh, he also flashed his toughness, by the way, uh, yesterday by coming into that game after Dante got his head taken off. Giannis got elbowed in the face and Torrey Craig didn't even wear his mask in yesterday's game. Uh, I, I thought that that was a pretty tough effort because remember, he has actually hinted or joked on Instagram that if he breaks his nose one more time, he's retiring. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. But a bunch of questions or queries, or likes, whatever you want to call it, on Tory Craig. Uh, a very simple one from Cali Fan on Twitter. Craig is playing. That's all it says. She, uh, they are happy with that. Uh, the fact that he is in the rotation, I think we all are. Uh, Steve Palaszczuk says, I hesitate to compare because they're different players and the sample size is tiny, but could Tory Craig be a better replacement for Wes? He's a slightly worse shooter 
but his length and switchability seem to fit better in Bud's schemes without requiring volume three-point attempts uh, like West did last year, which was really the only way that Wesley Matthews uh, really scored. Uh, I will say this. Uh, when you say slightly worse shooter, let's be a little bit realistic here. He is a much worse shooter than Wesley Matthews, who Wes, uh, over his decade-plus long career, is a 38% shooter from three. Tory Craig uh, is a 31% career three-points shooter. He was only 32% on catch-and-shoot attempts last year, which are predominantly the shots he's going to get in this offense. He is streaky. He certainly had periods of time where he shot the ball well, but overall, he's a significantly worse shooter than Wesley Matthews, so I will say that first off. But defensively, certainly, I I think that Torrey Craig is going to be a guy that as the season rolls on, I always thought that we're eventually going to see him come into the rotation and take uh, some of those matchups that Wesley took Uh, and did such a fantastic job on last year, Uh, I think the interesting thing to note with Torrey Craig will be how is he used in the offense? Now, Frank pointed this out uh, yesterday that he's not necessarily just camped out in the corners waiting for those three-point attempts, which has been interesting. And he's actually only taken one three so far this season. Yes, it's only 39 minutes, but that's still obviously a surprising number. He's been a guy that in his minutes uh, across the course of his career has been getting up you know, around the three three-point attempts marks in the 15 to 20 minutes there. So we'll see if those shots start to come uh, into his uh, offensive outlook the longer he stays in the lineup and in the rotation. What has been interesting is that, as again, as Frank pointed out, he's been, a, he's been cutting to the basket. He's always been someone that can do that. Uh, he's been involved in little pick-and-roll actions a little bit. He's been able to find guys going to the basket. And like I said, in 39 minutes, he has six assists, uh, which, uh, again, listen, such, such a small sample size. But that is, uh, abs- that, for, for Tory Craig, uh, he's a guy that normally averages around one assist per 36 minutes. Uh, so he's obviously uh, well above that in the extremely small sample size. We'll see, but I think part of that is the way he's being used because certainly in Denver, he wasn't a guy that was creating anything. Uh, he wasn't setting anyone up. He was shooting catch-and-shoot threes or cutting to the basket for layups. So we'll wait and see how Bud uh, continues to use uh, Tory as the season goes on. But I do think that it's, uh, it's at least fascinating. And then a couple other points here from Drew. He says, I would like Bud to have an all-switch lineup with Giannis, Craig, Chris, Dante, and Drew. Have them practice that so when we need it, there's less mistakes. And EJ kind of echoes that when he says, I'd love to see Bud close games with the Craig Giannis front court. It's so switchable defensively. Uh, we saw in the game against Toronto, admittedly it was only the last 40 seconds of the game, but I do think it was noteworthy that Bud uh, pulled the trigger on that lineup for the first time. Uh, I asked Chris Middleton specifically about that closing lineup and whether he thinks it has potential. I did tweet this out. Some of you may have seen the, the quote there, but uh, Chris said, listen, this is a guy we are going to need when it comes to playoff time. Uh, he did note that they just simply haven't had enough time to really practice because Tory Craig was out for so long uh, with that broken nose and unable to be involved in the five-on-five scrimmaging. Uh, that's even when the Bucks have been able to practice and practice has been a little bit disrupted this season as well. Uh, so again, you know, a lot of people have been asking why didn't he play in the first few games after he was available? I've said this before. This is just a theory of mine. But maybe it was because Bud, just with that limited practice time, thought to himself, you know what? I, I don't know if I feel totally comfortable 
with Tory Craig, who's hardly had a time, had any time to practice with his teammates, uh, to just throw him out there in a matchup against uh, Dallas, uh, a Dallas Lakers and a Brooklyn Nets, and maybe that's that's got some merit there. We've seen him the last two games come in the rotation, not only in the first quarter but in the fourth quarter as well, which is uh, significant, exciting. I think everyone loves the thought of that. Uh, closing lineup that small ball lineup and listen there's been a lot going on with the stock exchange today i don't even i can't even wrap my head around what's going on but i did tweet out uh, i'm buying stocks in that small ball lineup i love what they're going to be able to do defensively and even though theoretically tory craig is going to be at the four uh, you got drew holiday and chris middleton out there so you can do different things yes they can all switch but even if tory craig is better suited to defending guards that's fine drew holiday we've seen him Guarding Anthony Davis, doing a good job. We've seen him guarding Pascal Siakam. He can move up and all those guys can, uh, can defend whoever they need to. So certainly something I would love to see more as the season rolls on. And uh, as the listeners pointed out, practice it now during the regular season so you're ready to go uh, during the postseason. I want to get to Giannis before I do. BetOnline.ag uh, is the one place that has you covered and the one place we trust when it comes to sports betting. Uh, I mentioned before that Toronto game, the line was at three. So if you had money on the Bucks at the line, you would have come out smiling with Milwaukee winning that game by seven points. Uh, all you need to do is go to betonline.ag and sign up today for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts, including me from time to time. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts now uh, as always there always is a lot of questions around Giannis uh, before I even get into these uh, I do have to uh, remind everyone if you missed earlier in the week I mentioned it was our 1000 episode and to celebrate we had our friend familiar voice Eric name he was on for a couple of episodes but Tuesday's episode is one I, I really highly recommend you going back and listening to when it comes to Giannis uh, Eric and myself just bounced ideas off each other, uh, just threw some thoughts at the wall in regards to what we're seeing with Giannis, discussed some of the things we're hearing from Giannis. And actually, the day after that, Eric dropped a story as well uh, with just some of the different things the Bucks are doing with Giannis offensively, defensively. So if you want to hear an episode that is just 100% dedicated to Giannis, go back to Tuesday because it was a lot of fun. But we've got a couple of Listener questions here, one from Mason Galata, who says, I would love to see <clears throat> I would love to see more Giannis in the pick and roll, especially after his patience and not trying to force as much last night against Toronto. And then Tom says Giannis needs to screen more. Having him at the top of the key doesn't put him in the best position to score. So these are both uh, kind of related to each other here. Uh, I agree with both points. I'd love to see a lot more of this uh, just to the screening uh, part of this from Tom. You know, I, I think it's been interesting, particularly 
in that Brooklyn game, and I've referenced this number before, but Zach Lowe was the one that had this on his podcast. The 36 on-ball screen set from Giannis smashed his previous high under Mike Budenholzer, which was 21 in a game. So a significant number there. And, and as we sort of pointed to, part of that was the way that Brooklyn were defending Giannis in that game. And when DeAndre Jordan was dropping so far back into the paint, the Bucs will be able to counter that by uh, saying, okay, Giannis, you're going to have the ball within the perimeter. We're going to run a little dribble handoff here for Chris Middleton or a short pick and roll. And let's see uh, how the defense reacts. Chris Middleton walked into some open shots. Bryn Forbes as well got a few looks there. Uh, Much to the chagrin of some Bucs fans, no doubt about that. But I think that was a fascinating development. I think overall the Bucs could use more pick and roll. They could use more dribble handoffs. Uh, They're in the bottom half of the league uh, for the whole team when it comes to pick and roll, when it comes to dribble handoffs as well. It's not surprising that when you look at the numbers across the league, this is according to NBA.com, Miami are number one in the league for handoffs, and we know that with guys like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robertson. Uh, They've always been that way, going all the way back with Spolstra, thinking of guys like Wayne Allington a couple of years ago who had a career season in Miami. And then the number one team for using pick and roll in the league is Utah, which again, makes sense with Rudy Gobert, uh, the way he sets screens. Uh, Mike Conley is a ball handler. Donovan Mitchell is a ball handler. Uh, Joe Ingles, my guy as well, is a ball handler, extremely efficient in pick and roll scenarios. So I think overall... The Bucs could look to continue to use that. I think an interesting wrinkle we saw in the Toronto game was uh, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton running a bit of pick and roll together. Giannis was the off-ball guy. Now that you have two legitimate threats in the half court outside of Giannis, I think that that could be a potential uh, moneymaker as well when Giannis is off-ball, either cutting to the basket or, as we saw yesterday, posting up, getting deep position, getting that deep catch and using that short hook that we've all been desperate to see him use over time. Because to this point, uh, Giannis hasn't seen any increase in post-ups, which I'm sure we would all love. But again, when he is off ball, I like the actions that the Bucks have been able to use. So these numbers are fascinating. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to track as the season goes on. I have discussed that I think it might be difficult for Giannis just from a mental standpoint that perhaps the ball is in in his hands as much as it has been in previous years, but he's just such a weapon. If you have Drew Holiday handling the ball or Chris Middleton and Giannis is the guy off ball where the defense has to focus on him, it's just so scary and so dangerous for those teams. And and while we would love to see uh, more of this stuff from Giannis and more of this stuff from the Bucs, it's starting to be sprinkled in. We're starting to see more of it. And that's not lose sight of the fact that while things have been far from perfect offensively, when we all still think that there's going to be room to move for the Bucs, uh, as it stands, they're still the number one ranked offense in the league with an offensive rating of 117.8. And I think more than anything, that's the reason for, for huge, for major optimism if you're a Bucs fan, is that it doesn't even feel like the Bucs are clicking on all cylinders and they still have the number one ranked offense in the league. So that's fun. That's fun to think about. It's going to be fun to watch and see how this develops. And part of that development is going to be Dante DiVincenzo, and I'm going to get to that uh, after I speak about the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made, which, of course, is Built Bar. With 18 amazing flavors, Uh, 12 original flavors they had. They've added six more uh, with the relaunch, which happened uh, quite a few months ago now, but make sure you check all those out. They've got literally anything you could possibly think of. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. 
Uh, the bars, uh, as we all know, great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for those on the keto diet. All you have to do is go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at builtbar.com. On the Rejecting the Screen podcast feed right now, hosts Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe Bryant's life and career with a two-part special podcast event. Hear stories you haven't heard anywhere else about Kobe from teammates, opponents, coaches, and journalists. Get both parts by subscribing to Rejecting the Screen podcast feed after this podcast. And I can tell you, uh, I, I listened to that podcast this morning and uh, there's a lot of fun stuff on there in regards to Kobe and some of his teammates and coaches have been able to uh, uh, have some pretty ridiculous stories and just finding out more about the competitor he was, which, you know, I mean, is, it was much publicized, but uh, it was even uh, cooler to hear those inside stories. So I would recommend uh, going and listening to that podcast. Uh, as we roll on with this show, let's talk about Dante DiVincenzo, the fifth starter, the man that has replaced uh, the guy we spoke about earlier in the show, uh, which was Wesley Matthews. And that brings us to our first point here. This comes from Josie, who, by the way, uh, not only a Bucks fan, I know this from Twitter, huge Wisconsin sports fans, as uh, many of our listeners are. Uh, look, it's been a bit of a rough week for you guys, but I can tell you as an outsider, I've been thinking about you all. But Josie says, I was talking with a friend about how Dante is, border- is a borderline upgrade from Wes, but maybe the conversation should be Dante versus Bled and Drew versus Wes. And then it all feels like an upgrade. Basically just interested in your thoughts, up, down, or neutral. I think overall the Bucks starting five is better. I think that that comes from Drew Holiday. Uh, the development or the ceiling or where the floor is perhaps is the most interesting conversation with Dante DiVincenzo. Now, I think that the Bucks right now do have a starting five or a closing five. Uh, whatever you want to call it. And you can put Brooke in there. You can put Tori Craig in there. I like the group that they've got. I love the six guys that they've got. Uh, the bench, there's still significant question marks over, particularly defensively. But I love those six guys. Remembering the Bucks maybe still can make an addition to the roster. I don't see any significant trades happening. I know it gets brought up all the time, but it's just so difficult up against the cap. But I really like those six guys. Drew Holiday is the main reason for that. Unlocking Giannis in different ways is going to be critical as the season rolls on as well. And we're seeing the Bucks doing that as the season goes on. So rather than sort of putting uh, you know, Dante versus Bled or Drew versus Wes, uh, I just kind of lumped them all together. And I think that the Bucks have improved. I don't think they've lost anything defensively, albeit it's still a work in progress because they're trying different things. They've perhaps lost the consistency defensively, but I think they're starting to figure it out. Uh, we all get so uh, impatient, everyone, uh, the fans, me, Frank, we all get so impatient and then we sit back and say, oh, they're 11 and 6, we're only 17 games into the season, not even a quarter way through the regular season. Why are we all getting so worked up about the defense? They're trying different things. They'll figure that out offensively. I think they're better. And offensively is where I thought the big problem was for this team in the postseason, particularly in the half court. So if I put them all together, I think that the Bucks have a better group. Drew Time asks, how do they upgrade the shooting guard spot? Dante has been atrocious on offense. Well, again, the question I ask is, do they need to upgrade the shooting guard spot? Now, would you love 
to have a, a superstar there at the two-guard spot. And uh, as always, we always see this. I see people throwing around Bradley Beal. I'm sorry. Bradley Beal is a fantastic player, a fantastic player. But I don't think adding Bradley Beal and losing Chris Middleton necessarily makes this team any better. In fact, I think you only just throw more question marks into the mix around the rest of the team. Because again, it doesn't change the fact that the Bucks are rammed up against the hard cap there and don't have too much room to move there. So the Bucks with the number one offense right now, Dante's been rough. He certainly has. The last 11 games, Dante DiVincenzo is shooting 26.9% from three. It's been bad after that red hot start that he had. He's down to 40% on the season. Uh, like we mentioned on yesterday's show with Frank, I just wonder where the floor is. How far does this drop? If it settles and it ends up, he ends up being a 36, 37% three-point shooter across the season, uh, you love that and you'll take that. Remember, he was in the mid-20s as a rookie. He got up into the 30s last year in his second season. You'd love to see that continue to progress, but certainly he's in, a, in a, an extended rough patch right now, and that's been tough. Drew Holiday over the last 11 games has only shot 32% from three, and Pat Connaughton over the last six games has only shot 30% from three. So overall, one of the big concerns I've had about this team in the past, in the postseason, was their ability to hit open threes. After a red-hot start for a lot of those guys, things have started to drop off. That's something to watch with this team moving forward. I will say that that is where the interesting part will come with the starting lineup because I'm starting to see some calls. Why don't we put Bryn Forbes in the starting lineup? Well, again, I would come back to the fact that despite Dante's DiVincenzo struggling to shoot the three, the Bucs still have the best offense. If he finds some consistency, that's all he really needs to do. He's out there defensively. Uh, he, he can create some steals, create some deflections. I don't necessarily think he's had a great year on that end of the floor either to this point. But I think overall, on both ends of the floor, he can be a more impactful player than Bryn Forbes can be. And I just think Forbes is going to be utilized in special scenarios with Giannis, with uh, largely a starting group where you can hide him a little bit defensively, particularly in the playoffs. And Forbes is going to be a more consistent shooter. There's no doubt about that. But I'm not sure whether I'd be making the move to, to take Dante out of the starting lineup uh, just yet. And just to the, to the greater point, how do they upgrade the shooting guard spot? Well, we know. They did try to in the offseason. That was, that was the, the whole idea of the, the trade there. But Dante, again, uh, look, he's raw. He's got to figure things out. One of the big things I, I said coming into the season is how is his finishing at the rim going to improve or can it improve? Because that's an area he needs to get better. So far, he's 55% at the rim, which has him in the 26th percentile. That 55% is down from 62% in year two and 79% as a rookie. So look, it's not trending in a great direction. He can get himself to those spots. We know that. It's just about the finishing. Perhaps the game's slowing down a little bit more for him than it already has. And I think uh, he's going to be able to turn that around. So I still like Dante. I like him in this starting lineup. I wasn't as high as what some people were. I mean, John Hollinger had him as the most improved player. I couldn't believe that prediction that he had there. I just didn't see that scope for improvement in this group. But as the fifth starter, I still like Dante. He, he'll be fine. I, I do, you know, I, I hope that the shooting starts to turn around. Uh, but we'll wait and see what happens there with Dante. And uh, Biento, I used to work with a Bien uh, at the oil refinery. He's a huge NBA fan and uh, a great guy as well so here we go he says love the podcast Kane I think we should move on from DJ Augustine and Pat Connaughton and have Merrill and 
Wara fill their spot. I know Bud likes veteran players, but Augustine's just too damn short, and I think Wara would be a more consistent shooter than Pat. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I've just spoke that my concerns are that the Bucks don't have enough shooting. Uh, well, we'll wait and see what happens because you know, potentially outside of Chris Middleton, the two best shooters in the team are the rookies. So uh, we'll see. Again, it, it's so damn early that I don't think that we need to pull the trigger on that one yet. We'll wait and see. And particularly when it comes to DJ Augustine, a veteran player who's going to have to take some time. The funny thing is that he's never been a good finisher at the rim. And I went through those numbers uh, about last week on the show. He's always been a pretty poor finisher at the rim, but he, he should be able to run stable pick-and-roll offense, uh, fine guys, and more than anything, shoot the three. And so far, he's at 40% from three, uh, which is not too far off uh, his career average. We know he had a down year last year, so seeing him come back and seeing that three-point shot bounce back so far, I think is nice. Uh, defensively, again, yeah, as we've said, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to hide some of these guys. Maybe Sam Merrill has a bit more size but let's not forget also they were 45th and 60th pick in the draft. So we'll see. I love seeing those two rookies play because they're fun to watch and their confidence is fun and the way they shoot the ball is, uh, is incredibly exciting to watch. Uh, I just think that it's a little bit too early to give up on the veteran players so far this season, but we'll see. We'll see as time goes on. Uh, to wrap up the show, just a bit of positivity. You know, I, I think we came into this season... Uh, we were excited with the prospects, but perhaps a little bit anxious that the Bucks hadn't done enough roster-wise, that maybe Bud wouldn't be able to change anything. We've seen a whole lot through the first 17 games that should give you optimism, despite perhaps not winning every game the fans would like. And Scott Wilterdink says, I love our pieces and makeup. Just waiting to see how the rotations and offensive philosophy develop in the next few months as the team ramps up for the playoffs. Everything is there to win it. It's up to Bud to put the pieces together into a championship. Uh, here, here. And I think the guys will continue to work it out. But I certainly am having perhaps more fun this regular season than I did last. I, I just think it's fun not knowing what you're going to expect, not knowing what you're going to see out on the floor. Uh, I think it's been fantastic. And the Bucks second in the East as we record this podcast. So all things considered, uh, just ticking along nicely. Uh, as far as this show goes, uh, like I said, things will just be a little bit different for the next couple of weeks, but the show is going to continue to roll on. So uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate all those things, and keep your eyes out uh, for the podcast as they drop. As far as the Bucks go over the weekend, 6.30 p.m. on Friday night, Bucks and Pelicans, that'll be a fun game. And then Saturday night, 7 p.m., uh, they're on the road. So a road back-to-back, tough road back-to-back. Uh, they'll have the Charlotte Hornets who have been playing um, some pretty damn fun basketball. Lamelo Ball, Gordon Haywood have been playing well as well. So Pelicans and Hornets, I'll be back on Monday for your Monday podcast. We'll record Sunday night to wrap up both of those games as well. So like I always say, uh, if you want me to continue doing these podcasts where you guys are involved, uh, let me know and we'll keep rolling with these because uh, I enjoy them. I enjoy getting you guys involved and appreciate uh, you interacting with me as well. So I'll leave it there. Everyone have a really fun weekend. Stay safe. Enjoy the basketball. Uh, a rare back-to-back for the Bucks, And I'll speak to you guys on Monday.